right. Welcome back. Another episode of his podcast. If you want to know about getting your money together as far as trading, you know, flipping that money, looking at them charts, learning what all that stuff means, this is the episode for you. Uh, we got a, a guest that has proven his ability in the crypto world. Uh, he's local, you know. Um, so without further introduction, we got Mr. Kelly Allen. Appreciate y'all for having me, bro. I am super excited. I mean, y'all are my guys, but, you know, I've watched from afar, and I've been waiting on my time, and here it is. Yes, sir. Appreciate you for having me. Let's get it. For sure. You said sure you bring the heat. Right, listen, I'm going to give you all I got. I'm telling you. I've been, waiting right. on, I've been waiting on this moment for a we'll long circle time. Circle back at the end of the episode, I'm going to ask you. All right, babe. We might have to do a part two because it's a lot to unpack when it comes to, like, crypto and investing and things like that. And quick disclaimer, this is not financial advice. Invest at your own risk. This is a big boy game. Crypto does not care about your lifestyle. Yes, sir. Ooh, I like how raw you uncut. You start. Hold on. Before, okay, Kelly, I mean, so what, what exactly is crypto? What is that to you? What is crypto? So crypto is a lot of fun for me just because like I like the volatility. You know, it's not like the traditional stock game. It's real fast, real quick, in and out. It appeases like my trader mentality because I think about things kind of short term. You know, the the old school way of doing it is like, you know, dollar cost averaging, hold, keep investing here and there and, and all that good stuff. But crypto has added so many different layers to investing. And it just really piqued my interest. And I also have like a very high risk appetite, which crypto is the most riskiest thing on the market right now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I just like that. It's just real exciting. I like the I like the thrill of trading it. So you're a gambler. That's what you're saying. It's only gambling if you don't know what you're doing, in my opinion, or you don't have any control over it. And of course, you know, I don't have any control over the market, but as a trader, you build your confluences up. You do your due diligence, and then you make an educated determination of if you should place the trade or not based on if it follows your rules and things of that nature. It's all about probabilities. It's not necessarily about gambling. Like if I'm at a slot machine, I put my quarters in and I turn it, and I'm at the mercy of the machine. You know, and it's already set up for us to lose anyway. But that's kind. Of, it's almost like saying. You know, I'm gambling by, you know, investing in maybe like an index fund or something like that. That's how that's how I see it, even though it's totally different because I believe in what I put my research in. So to me, it's not gambling because I, I did my due diligence. Gotcha. Well, so before we go in any deeper, I mean, Jarvis gave the audience a little bit of your credentials, you know, uh, as far as trading crypto for the last, what, like four years now? Nah, I've actually haven't even been in the game that long. It's been less than two years. I probably have to say solid, solid like a year and a half. Okay, I'm sorry. You it's, traded Forex. It was Forex. Oh, you yeah, trading. yeah, yeah. I've been in and out of Forex for since like 2018. Okay, so your credentials include Forex, get into Bitcoin. You got into Bitcoin um, December 2020, uh, where it was at 9,000 before it went on that major yes. crazy run. Yes. To like 67, 69,000. Insane. Yes. Um, you're also part of the Ethereum folks, you know, that that's investing in that, correct? Mm -hmm. And uh, you also have a background in mortgage and, yes. and loans and all that stuff. So yep. I said that all to say, you know what you're talking about. Your credentials, you're, you're, you're solidified. Yeah, I spent a little time. Okay. Then, you know. Okay. With that being said, what's your background? Where'd you go to school? What's your education background, your scope, all that stuff, man? All right. So, yeah. So, I'm a homeboy. I'm from Jacksonville, Florida. I went to Lee High School. Um, now, it's known as Riverside. Originally, I went to, out of high school, I went to this college called Johnson and Wales in Miami. Uh, played golf down there. Ended up getting recruited to play Division Two for Benedict College, which is an HBCU out of Columbia, South Carolina. So I have a big golf background. I've been playing golf since I was about, my dad put a club in my hand at two, and then I started playing competitively at 12, and then I just kind of ran with it from there. Gotcha, gotcha. So you went to school for golf. Um, what'd you graduate, what'd you, what'd you study? Oh yeah, of course, the, the basic question. But like, so I grew up an engineering tech student, but then I decided that I didn't really like that very much. So I was just like, 
All right. Well, and then my, the college that I chose to go to originally, Johnson and Wales, didn't have a bi- uh, engineering program, so I just decided to go into business. Now, little did I know that's what became my field. Like that's what I liked. That's what I had a passion for. I was just doing it because I wanted to go to Miami. Wanted to go crazy. I wanted to play golf. I wasn't thinking about school at that point. You know what I'm saying? So like, but it ended up working out. So you know, I fell in love with business, and then I started getting kind of. I didn't know that I was trying to be an entrepreneur. I just knew I wanted to do. I wanted to start and grow and build my own thing. So that's where that started. Gotcha. So then I, you know, of course I went to Benedict College, and then I ended up studying business as well. And you know, it just kind of just took off from there. Gotcha. From there, as far as uh, circling back to the episode from you know Benedict, how did that lead to the the world of investing? When did you know that you needed to? Okay, I need to start growing this money. Well, honestly, I didn't think about. So I lived a pretty boring and blessed life. Like I had great parents. Um, didn't I? Didn't know that. I had already lived through two recessions. So the dot-com bubble, mm. which was in 99, 2000, as well as the- 0809. Uh, yeah, the 0809 financial crash. Had no clue what was going on. My life stayed pretty much even keel my whole life. Mm-hmm. So big props to my peoples. You know, of course we stayed, I'm from Myrtle Avenue. 30 West 10th Street, Lord. yeah. So I didn't grow up in the best house, but I was happy with what I had. You okay. know what I'm saying? Like right. I had everything that I felt like I needed. Right. So, so that so that never had a, a real effect on me. But once I graduated college, that's when I realized I needed to make some money. Right. right? I knew that golf. You know, growing up, I wanted to be a professional golfer. You know, shout out to Tiger Woods for being my inspiration. But once I graduated, I just didn't have the passion to grind in the freaking hundred degree weather anymore. For sure, ain't no reason to. Uh, I... You know, I mean, if that's for you, it's for you. You know, I just realized that it wasn't for me anymore. So, um, I realized that I need to make some money. I had some bills coming in, like I had stuff that I was starting to be responsible for. So I dabbled in everything. Like I worked at Top Golf restaurants. I worked for the first heat for ten years. So I kind of did that and just kind of pieced the puzzle together or pieced the pie together to try to make somewhat of a decent income that I could live off of. So, you know, of course, the older I got, the more intense the pressure gets to make more money, you know, especially being a man and stuff like that. And then I want more. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the things that I like are very expensive. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm really not like, what is it? Is it called frugal when you, when you don't spend a lot? Right, that's frugal, yeah. So like, I'm responsible with my money. I know when I need to deploy it and when I need to hold it. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like, YOLO. I'm, pro- I'm gonna right. I'm gonna yolo it. I'm gonna buy some really expensive stuff that I'm gonna be looking at, like, dang. But I'm gonna enjoy every minute of it. So that's when you know, and and the whole investing thing was pretty by ac- pretty much by accident because I remember I was at a, a beach. I was at a party at the beach. And I ran into this guy. I met him. You know, we started talking. He asked me what I did. I asked him what he did, of course. And he said that he traded Forex. And I'm like, well, what is that? So he like, so we met up at at the at the uh, library downtown. He started. He showed me this chart. Of course, it was technical analysis. I didn't know what it was at the time. And it was just crazy to me i was like so you're making money off of these what like these bars and then you know we started hanging out more and he started showing me more and more and more and more and i got fascinated because of the potential that the market provided like you know i i've heard like and this was years later but you know there's stories of people flipping like 250 to 600,000 and things like that and and how you can just i've seen the guy make like a thousand dollars in 30 minutes in my face i'm like bro like who's doing that and then he didn't have to do anything but click a button now of course it's not that simple i'm oversimplifying it but essentially like you can only imagine the scalability of that you don't need anybody but yourself and some internet like it's very evergreen so you don't have to worry about unless the internet shuts off or they outlaw trading somehow 
You don't have to worry about ever losing your job. You know, you're an entrepreneur. You pretty much can make as much or as little as you want. So that's where I started. Hold on. Before you go any further, a lot of people probably listen to that. They're saying, okay, that's true. That's all fine and dandy. But there seems to be a whole lot less of Forex traders in 2022. In 2018, 2019, it seems like everyone was a Forex trader. So what happened? And that's probably why people are not jumping to this kind of stuff. They're probably thinking crypto, Forex, this this are all fads. These are all, you know, uh, lightning in a bottle. It's not not really here to stay or sustainable. What What do you say to that? Yeah, and I have a theory about that. So there was a season, and I'd hate to do this and name drop this, but, you know, there's a certain multi-level marketing thing that was going around with a specific company i'm not going to get into it but um pretty much what they do is they they bring you on they use forex of course as kind of like the marketing kick point of it and then you know they try to get you to recruit a bunch of people and and things like that but the people originally get into it to trade unfortunately more times than not these people that are recruiting you using forex do not know nothing about it mm. don't know how to trade it they're just trying to recruit you and get the residuals from you know be, right being like under a, them it's like a pyramid scheme pyramid exactly scheme, yeah. ex- exactly so that turns people off because like for one most people don't want to recruit people and for two they're not making any money they're losing their money on the forex market because they sell you these indicators that don't work they're too slow they just don't work and then they don't know how to trade and these people are not making money they're losing money and then they have to go through the pain of trying to recruit people and now it's getting worse and worse just because it's more saturated and so many people have been burned by this particular company or these particular companies i'm sure there's more of them that they they associate the industry or i don't even know if i should call it industry but they associate that skill set and the market with that company so it, it seems like it's a scam but it's not forex itself is the biggest financial market in the world i think the trades are like six trillion a day or something like that like it's ridiculous like there's there's nowhere in the world that's got more money flowing through it than forex it's very real the banks trade your money hedge funds Everybody has their hand in it that's making real money. How do you feel like Forex is going to do during a recession? Does a recession <clears throat> impact the uh, sustainability or the success of Forex? Instagram Not a- said it's, it's recession proof. I don't yeah. trust nothing. <laughs> well, Inst- let, let's, let's, un- <laughs> let's unpack that, okay? So the reason why I agree with Jarvis <laughs> is because, like, you can sell the market. What you're doing is you're trading one economy for the next. So, for example, with Forex, you trade two currencies against each other. Essentially, you're trading two economies against each other. So we have United States dollar and euro and the euro, for example. So all you need to do is figure out. Oh, what does that mean? What are we what are we betting against? What are we saying? The economy is- I would hate to use the word bet, but <laughs> but OK, so foreign in the foreign exchange market you are investing in other countries economies and you do it through what is called a pair right pairs come in many different but the pairs are made up of two currencies right any any countries you can think of so some of the popular ones are uh euro usd so europe so the euro versus the united states dollar you have the great british crown against the japanese yen you have the United States dollar against the Japanese. Did I just say that? You just said a couple different words. Okay, well, you, you guys kind of get the point. So. What I'm asking you is, what does that mean? I'm, I'm telling you. I'm, okay, try, yeah, I'm trying yeah, yeah. to do it as simply as I can. Yeah, so, sure. so what you're doing is buying one currency and selling against another. So, for example, if I'm trading USD JPY, so United States dollar against the Japanese. Yeah. Yen, if I am expecting the dollar to appreciate or if the economy if i feel like the economy based off of my research and my technical analysis if i feel like the united states dollar is going to appreciate against the yen i'm going to buy it 
following me. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to buy it based off what I'm seeing in technical analysis, which is that chart that we see with the bars on it that goes up and down or fundamental analysis, which is pretty much the news. So, for example, like I don't know if anybody is familiar with Bloomberg, but that would be an example of news in regards to a specific economy and how it's doing. Right. So if I feel like the Japanese or the, the yen and the economy around the yen is going to be poor or go down, especially against like America and the United States dollar, I'm going to buy it. And then I expect the chart to move up and vice versa. If the yen is stronger for whatever reason, I'm going to sell it because it's going to be stronger than the dollar which is the the base currency the base currency is the first one the quote currency is the second one and now i might be getting a little bit too deep but essentially that's what happens that's why it doesn't matter if it's a recession or not the problem with stocks is you only make money when the chart goes up unless you have a margin account yep with foreign exchange, I can sell it or buy it and make money whether it goes up or down, so it doesn't matter. Because one economy is going to be doing better than the other. Exactly. All the time. Mm -hmm. And you can buy and sell. It doesn't matter. So, like, actually, this is probably the best time to make money because you know... That the U.S. is shit. Going down. You feel me? <laughs> like, you can That's just... That's what I'm over here thinking, like, damn. If so you have the capital to just hit the sell button... You're going to make a ton of money. Like, for example. Like in the next six months to a year? Right. Well, maybe even shorter time than that. Like, say if we're doing crypto. So there's like a crypto pair. It's called, um, well, it's the it's the. So big, these pairs are already made. Right. They're already made. It's not something that I put together. Like right? an algorithm. Well, you use a broker. So the broker has the pairs that are available to trade. Okay. Typically, if you use a... If you use a regulated broker, so such as one in the U.S. like OANDA, then, or, well, it's not even, I wouldn't even say the U.S. It's just regulated to Americans. You can only trade, like, basic Forex pairs. You can't trade, like, any commodities or anything like that. If you use an offshore unregulated broker or something like that, then you can trade pretty much anything. Like, I trade gold against the dollar, and I trade, like, crypto, so Bitcoin against the dollar and things like that. Like, based off of what I know about crypto and the economy and things like that right now, because everybody's running to the dollar for the most part because of the interest rate hikes. If I had a million bucks or something in my trading account, bro, I would just hit sell on Bitcoin. I'll wait till it gets to the specific trend line that I have drawn on my chart and just hit the sell button and wait because I'm expecting it to drop down to like 12,000. Right, so what is it right now? 23 yeah it's like 23 25 ish area and you expect it to hit 12 within within how long it's hard to tell just because like you know i just kind of trade what i see you never you never know what can happen because the market's going to react to whatever news is going on like right. you know we don't know what's going to happen like the war and the war in ukraine. Uh, in ukraine might escalate overnight you know what i'm saying not that i'm saying that that would affect that particular pair but that just for example it like, would affect like petroleum oil you see what i'm saying like yeah. there's so much stuff that could happen that could add a lot of volatility to the market it's hard to say as far as the timeline is concerned but based off of like the tech because the the tech the technical analysis is very important and i recommend everybody learn how to read that because it's basically a chart of people's emotions right so it's just going to show you how people are feeling at a given time and typically if you read the technos technicals correctly it's going to follow the news anyway the news just pushes it to that point faster right if if that makes any sense mm -hmm. for sure so technicals is very important and that's how i made that big bitcoin trade back in 2020 mm -hmm. because i knew enough about i believed in the fundamentals of it oh hold on, hold on. Mm -hmm. before you before you because we now you're, you're going from let me clarify for the people that's listening so you're we was just talking about forex okay so mm -hmm. now you're moving to to i don't want to move too fast because the, the thing is where i got tied up is because like i trade crypto I, I trade crypto aside from the forex market and in the forex market at the same time. Okay. Because there's a there's a crypto pair. So in the forex market you trade pairs. Right. 
Now, I trade Bitcoin separately as well. And I will talk more about that later. But if we're just sticking with Forex, that's kind of like where I'm at with that. Okay, so Dom, moving to crypto, I know you was about to get into that. So what it like, get, elaborate on like what crypto is and what, is, what does it mean to you? How, how, how did you get into it? Yeah, so funny thing is I got into crypto through Forex because when you're dealing with like these unregulated brokers, you have to fund the account with Bitcoin or whatever crypto they have for you. But I chose to do Bitcoin because that's what I had at the time. Right. So I used an exchange. I bought the Bitcoin. I funded the I funded my Forex account with Bitcoin and I had made some money in the account. So I wanted to do a withdrawal. I actually you funded up, your Forex account with Bitcoin or you funded your Bitcoin account with Forex? So I funded crypto account. I funded the Forex account. So the brokerage, my Forex broker. Right. I funded that with Bitcoin. OK. Because you can't just use like a credit card and use right. your yeah, it's an unregulated right. At least the one that I used at the time, mm -hmm. right? So that's how I had to do that. So in order for me to like sell, or in order for me to get the fiat or U.S. dollars, I had to convert my money back into Bitcoin mm -hmm. into my exchange, and we'll probably get into more into that more later. But I had to put the Bitcoin or I had to put my money back into Bitcoin, put it in my exchange. And then you sell, you liquidate the Bitcoin to get your dollars back. Right. You know, minus whatever the, the fee is or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I did that one day and it just so happened that Bitcoin was tanking mad hard that day. Like as soon as I sold it back into the exchange, the value of my money at the time that I was converting or yeah, that I was exchanging back into Bitcoin was worth like 43 cents, bro. I was freaking bugging. You were sick. Sick as a dog, bro. I was tripping because like that was damn near all the money that I had. Right. I didn't know what I was going to trading was done. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not trading. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, I gotta wait. you see what I'm saying? I got to wait. I got to stack up all this this bread again to try to trade. Not to mention, I got bills and crap yeah. coming up. Yeah. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a Dog. So, I literally sat on my porch for, like, a couple hours trying to figure out what happened to me. So, once I figured out, like, it's because of the Bitcoin's prices dropping, I started looking into Bitcoin. Like, what the hell is this stuff? Because mm -hmm. I had... Cause like my neighbor across the street, he had put me on a Coinbase and Bitcoin and stuff like that. But at the time, I wasn't interested because I didn't know crap about it. Like I, I hadn't really even heard about it like that. And the coin that he showed me, cause Bitcoin at the time was like thirty five hundred dollars. Like I don't have thirty five hundred dollars to put into this right now. So that was the first time I had seen it. But then this time, it really had an effect on me because my money was gone. <laughs> so I was trying to figure out how to get it back. Right. So that led into a lot of research. And as I did my research, I started believing in it, mm -hmm. yep. right? And then in that process, my money came back because Bitcoin is so freaking volatile, it ripped back up and I sold it real quick. You know what I'm saying? I took a little L, but I was so happy to something. see, yeah. right? I was so happy to see something in that account that I just took it. But it really led me to like really go all in on the research because that, that was like, even though that was scary as hell, it made me interested in it that something had the potential to like take it and give it right back and i was thinking what if it had been the other way around what if i had sold it right at the bottom mm -hmm. and then i put that money it didn't do nothing literally in two minutes could have probably made like a thousand bucks just off of just off of that so i was like i need to figure this out so i started doing more research and i started learning like the fundamentals behind it why it was created and the value that it had so that's when I decided to, you know, dive into the world of crypto. It's crazy because a lot of, just piggybacking off what you're saying, like some of my, looking back now, some of the most, the you know, times I appreciate the most about my investment journey is the money that I lost. Because when I lost money, I went back and tried to figure out why did I lose the money and how can I prevent that going forward. Yep. Now, you, obviously, you can't predict what's going to happen. But, you know, through research and, like, re looking over what you did and how you, you your portfolio is performing and stuff like that, like, 
you will eventually figure this shit out. You know, maybe not completely, but you're gonna get better right. and better as time progresses. Right. Yeah. So like, I mean, so what's the biggest? What's one of the biggest things you've learned just from you know trade and forex and, and doing crypto like that? Um, the w- one thing about forex is that it's really gonna teach you about yourself. So I realized how. So there's a few emotions that traders fall victim to. One is you know greed um impatience and what does that lead to like what you see? you lose you lose your money <laughs> <laughs> that's a, just a, in short you will lose your money like being too greedy to being too overconfident revenge trading trying to get your money back after the market just took from you like sympathy trading right you know what i'm saying like not waiting on your setups and confirmation like that will cause you to lose your money because I don't know. I think the statistic is that 80% of, of the trading is mental anyway. Like, it's really just psychology. Remember what I was telling you guys about the technical analysis being people's emotions? That's really all it is. And the the other statistic is that, you know, 90% of traders fail. Because essentially, trading is not that hard. Like, once you get, once you get your your system and your philosophy down especially if you learned it from somebody who's who's an expert like my my particular mentor jessica lane she's amazing um i think i advise everybody who's interested in uh, forex trading to check her out she's legit and she's awesome she does class or she does youtube videos or youtube sessions every sunday at like 8 30 so check her out but um Dang, I forgot where I was going with it. But the biggest lesson that you've learned from Yeah, training. so my biggest lesson was I realized how impatient that I was. Because I wouldn't know exactly what to do, but I was so in a hurry to make money that I got in the trade too early. So now I'm sitting in drawdown, which is negative money mm-hmm. at essentially. And then I'll be sitting in it for so long that I get fed up with it. I close it out for the loss because I think that it's just, you know, I'm just, you know what I'm saying? And then it it goes right in my direction that I'd seen the whole time. So I realized that you have to wait for for one. It it taught me how undisciplined I was because you, you to be a successful trader, you need to be disciplined. You need to have a set of rules. You need to stick to them and not trade without them. The money's not going anywhere. Like, for whatever reason, I just couldn't get into my head, and I still struggle with this to this day, is that there's always going to be another move. There's always going to be another opportunity to make money. I'd have made more money waiting for this setup and taking maybe two or three trades a week or whatever the case is than I ever did by hopping in the market, taking 20 trades, getting in here, getting out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. Just trying to hit a home run trying to get my money back trying to make money or whatever the case is like me just being patient sticking to my rules waiting for my setup that i've probably been waiting on the whole time made me so much more money man let me ask you it leads me right into i can i i, I, I can say this person so back in i think it was 2018 when bitcoin was like on sale sale yeah they, they had no idea what you like what made you because i like i said i remember you told me like bro you need to put some money in this because it's finna jump yeah you know i ain't listen i'll be honest (laughs) i didn't listen um but you took heat and it turned out real 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 good for you financially um yeah what happened or what kind of information what kind what you have access to to make you or to help you like understand uh, hey something about to happen yeah so for one i did my due diligence so i spent hours watching youtube reading whatever i could get my hands on to try to understand what this thing is right um another advantage that i had was that i read technicals so i could see on the chart that it was like at that point in time bitcoin hadn't popped yet it actually was it had fell from like a 2017 high where it reached like 17 grand and then it fell so it was pretty bottomed out and then you know i just kind of i've really believed in the fundamentals where it was going i ran into this guy named anthony pompliano on youtube right. seemed legit to me so 
I believed everything that he was telling me and it made sense. So I decided to go all in. Like I literally, I probably committed one of the biggest sins in investing and I put all my eggs in one basket. I put my whole, I put my last in the Bitcoin. It was crazy. But I wasn't fearful at all. Like I said, I have a high risk appetite. So I was prepared to lose it, but I wasn't prepared to miss out on a hundred grand. Like I would... I would definitely risk 2500 to potentially make 100 grand. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just couldn't let that go. So I was like, you know what? Bump it. We going in. And if I could have figured out how to get a whole one at that time, well, I would have had a whole one. I would have been really eating. Yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? I just couldn't figure it out. at the t- not, Now that I know more about, like, money and stuff like that, like, I could have got, like, some personal loans. My credit was straight. I was asking my mama whatever. I couldn't get nobody to get on the train for no <laughs> five grand to yeah. put in no Bitcoin. But, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, that that's pretty much it. Like, the unfortunate thing is, like, crypto is really driven by hype. You know, crypto is very speculative. And it's driven by hype. And people will just jump in for fear of missing out. So, FOMO, y'all, yo, you guys will hear that in the space. And, you know, because their friend told them that they should do it yeah, mm-hmm. without researching it, mm-hmm. because like I seen that happen with the with the Dogecoin and she was it Shiba? Shiba. Shiba. See, I don't even know these coins like that no more because they're so relevant. And they're so trash. Now, they were great money making opportunities if you got in when the hype was just bubbling up. But these coins were not meant to hold like if you really do your research on them they're garbage they're overinflated they're the supply is crazy so do you ever see that happening again no they're in my opinion based off of my research and what i've done they're worthless and they'll probably die out with this recession that's that's really what i'm waiting on like this recession is gonna clear the way for the real projects and the real coins like we're gonna really see when the dust settles we're gonna see who's legit because once we get this flush out, which is what, you know, I study a lot of experts. So I'm really big on Greg Dickerson, Garrett Salloway. Like those are like my favorite economists slash traders on YouTube right now. So I advise everybody to check them out. I watch them every day. Anything they come out with, I'm watching it. So it they help put me on game to kind of how the market works because they're, like Garrett's not that old, but Greg Dickerson, he was in the housing market and things like that. And he's seen a few recessions. He knows how this stuff works. He he got his stripes. So he really broke it down to me where it was very, like, you know, simple and easy for me to understand. And I understand how these type of cycles work. And you need this to happen. Like, you need yeah, these recessions. Yeah. You need these to happen. Yeah, for sure. Because it clears out all the BS. Yeah. And we really need that in the crypto space right now just because like there are so many scams and terrible projects out there and they need to just go away so we can have something that we can stand on that's why i'm not touching nothing until until i can figure out a bottom on this on on the on the recession right now but I'm, i'm pretty much it's pretty simple i'm just gonna wait for the fed to say okay we're gonna we're gonna ease up and we're gonna start printing again Cause that's pretty. That's the. That's what happened. That's what happened when I traded Bitcoin. So, right when I did that, that's when the whole stimulus was starting to come out. Right. And what people do is they, well, at least the smart money, is they take that extra money because especially when it's cheap, cheap money to borrow and stuff like that, they throw it in the stock market and assets and things like that that are supposed to go up because it only makes sense. You take use other people's money to make money. Right. That's it. That's that's pretty much that's law right there so that's why you've seen all that stuff go up because people had all this extra wealth they throw it in the market so that it was just it was just clear as day what i needed to do right you know trillions trillions of dollars of stimulus like i'm gonna ride this pony until i can't right you know i wish i would have got out a little earlier but you know this is this was my first bear market and it's this is my first recession as an adult where I have money and you know some type of a, a say so and what's going on. No, but that being said, it's probably gonna be I would say, and this is just Farouk speaking, it's probably gonna be a couple months, as in twelve months or so before we get to that point where the Fed say 
okay, we're going to ease up and start printing money. We're way too soon or way too in the midst of a recession to even say, oh, we should stop and let the, the, the pedal off or let the foot off the pedal. Um, we're not even to that point yet. So with that being said, you're probably going to be sitting on the sideline for, for a while. Yes. So to your point, yeah, the, the Federal Reserve is just getting started. So if you want to get into investing, like you need to be abreast of what's going on in the economy. That is going to tell you what your assets are going to do. That's why the stock market is tanking. But people think it's just doing it to do it. No, what they're doing is they're trying to get all that money that they put in circulation out. They're trying to destroy demand. They're trying to destroy your wealth so they can stop the activity in the economy. Like it's all on purpose. They've been pumping the market since 0809. And then they did a massive pump in 2020. 2020. So they're trying to correct all that. That's why the inflation is crazy. And inflation is nowhere near where they want it. So they're just getting started. Like what I'm hearing is like, it could be, you know, another 12 to 18 months, like recessions typically are like that long. But you know, they're saying it could be even longer. Like it could be like a long drawn out one. It might not be like Great Depression, even though I've heard that too. Like we could be looking at that because we're at a point where I've heard the the word stag stagflation popping up where they're talking about like the inch the, the the inflation's high and the growth is low. Like we just getting screwed on both ends. So typically you usually have like one or the other, but it could be really bad. Like I'm still learning just because like I've never seen a recession before. When I first started investing in crypto and stuff like that, everything was going up. Like you just had to you just had to be confident in the decision that you were making. So it's funny you said that because I feel like 2020-2021 spoiled a lot of people as far as it gave this false sense of trading um, to a lot of people who didn't know what the heck was going on in the first place. So people just thought, I'm going to throw this X amount of money in the stock market. I'm, I'm going to get some type of guaranteed money back, which that's not how the stock market worked. The last two years has been so much easier to make any type of money in the stock market than it's been, I would say, the last 20, 30 years. And that's not how the stock market works at all. Usually you have to do some trades. You have to stay in it for a while to even see a 10% profit. The last couple of years, people are in two days making 25, 30, 100%, 200%. And that's just not how it works. Yeah, that's not normal. Yeah, that's not normal that's at all. That's not normal no. at all. Extremely abnormal. So <laughs> no. a lot of people have been spoiled by that and are now going, coming to this realization like, whoa, I, I can't. I can't 2x my money right. in two days. No, right. you can't. I was actually scared when I was 2xing my money. You like, like it's, it can't be this easy. This is not right, bro. Yeah. Like, there's no way. Yeah. yeah. You thought the IRS was going to come out there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they will, too. They still will. <laughs> well, with that being said, too, you know, talking about that, I, I really want to talk more about like the major cryptocurrencies, right? Because a lot mm-hmm. of people are saying, okay, recession's coming. Uh, let's take Bitcoin, for example. If you look at the historical data for Bitcoin, it's always gone peak valley, peak valley. This is like the third tri, tri, trimester of it going peak and then valley, right? Going back all the way to 2011. With that being said, me as an, you know, some type of crypto analyst, just a newbie, I would say, well, there's nothing really to be afraid about here because if you look at the historical data, this is part of what's supposed to happen. Yeah. All we have to do is wait until this bottoms out and get it at the bottom because we know it's going to go back. It just reached a, a all time, a new all time high of six, nine thousand. So I know the next time it goes, it has that bull run in four, five, six years. A hundred thousand dollars, definitely a legitimate um, all time high to reach. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so um, that's definitely a good observation. And that's something that I wish more people would understand just because nothing stays up forever and it doesn't also doesn't stay down forever you know it can trend up like the stock market or indexes and stuff like that it trends up but it has its pullbacks it has its reversals now with crypto they're a lot more violent like 50 60 70 80 90 percent retracements are not uncommon especially when you're dealing with a, a new asset class such as crypto like 
people got to realize like gold has been around for thousands of years stock market has been around for hundreds of years or something like that like that's tried and true so it's going to be a lot more stable like you're essentially looking at a 13 year old when you look at bitcoin how many 13s you know got it together i'll wait the market is the same so you have to be able to stomach your losses now if you then another thing that's gonna hurt is that a lot of people bought bitcoin at the top like probably between like 50 and seventy thousand. silly right in 40s right because they fomoed in they fomoed in and got wrecked so now they think it's a scam or whatever you know what i'm saying and now they got to sit through this recession because they're not gonna see they're not gonna see green for a long time i hope they're not trying to sell or nah it'll be you be brain dead to sell right now you already at a loss just hold what you got got. just hold it hold it but yeah, buy know, more yeah. right that's what i'm saying like you should dollar you should be dollar cost averaging and of course this is just my you know observation invest at your own risk i am not no financial advisor but i would say dollar cost average into it but you need to because we're just going to talk about bitcoin right now because it's tried and true and i believe that it's going to be here forever you know all these other coins not not too sure about i mean i know about ethereum i like ethereum long term um it's pretty much the backbone of crypto what's the difference between all, like what's the difference between ethereum bitcoin uh a shiba you know why why are you to have confidence in some of this stuff and like yeah what, 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 what what's what is it it's really it really comes down to like the use case like you have to understand what problem it solves it's just like with a company or a business like you have to solve problems that's what makes things valuable that's what make people valuable because it solves a problem now if i'm just starting with well let me get she out the way first of all she and dogecoin those are like they were they're literally called meme coins they're jokes you know, I don't care what anybody says around them and, and this and that. They're jokes like I like to look at supply and how people are using them and things like that. And they just don't fit any of my criteria. Let's just throw that out. But when we're getting into like the big boys, so like Bitcoin and Ethereum, Ethereum is pretty simply there's a lot. So it's a its own specific like ecosystem, like blockchain or, or however you want to think about it and there's a lot of crypto coins and projects built on top of it so if it fails then there's going to be a whole lot of other people that fail right Right. so with that being said just because there's so much riding on ethereum i just can't see it just failing like that and then the the guy that started it is a genius i can't even say his name but um that guy is a genius he's he's got he's got the the street cred or whatever you want to call it he's got the the um Credibility. the credentials yeah you know he's 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 legit so you know i also like to invest in the in the teams and stuff like that it kind of goes to mm-hmm. nfts so that's kind of something that you do when you're investing in that space but um you got to look at the team and things like that but when it comes to bitcoin bitcoin was created during the last recession the financial um the financial crisis because it solved the problem of our monetary supply being controlled by a central entity because essentially like the the federal reserve they they print as much money as they want and it causes all this inflation and things like that and it's not this a lot deeper but it's not it's not it's not really not helping us just because like it's causing all that inflation like printing all this money is not good bitcoin solves the problem because first of all it gives the power back to us because it's a transparent blockchain we know every transaction we know where all the bitcoin is who has it how much there's going to be of it and every four years the supply gets cut in half right so supply and demand it's basic supply and demand Bro, but I, I got to come at you for the rest of the folks that are at home thinking the same way I'm, I'm thinking. Okay, talk to me. Wasn't Bitcoin supposed to be a hedge against inflation? What, what, what What's happening? Because that's been the furthest thing from the truth. Right. Inflation went high, Bitcoin went low. It was supposed to be the the same parallel uh, cause and effect. So what happened? If right. Bitcoin 
was you know created and promulgated off of this theory that it's supposed to be a hedge against inflation mm-hmm. and that's where its value came from so far it's uh it hasn't done that right now nah, I, I see where i see where you're going at but we also have to remember what i was saying before it's young it's very new the first thing that people are going to think about they got some money in crypto and they got this high interest debt that they need to take care of they're going to sell that bitcoin absolutely you know what i'm saying it's not like gold like gold like i said it's been around for thousands of years it's not going to move much i think like two percent or something like that is impressive or whatever so like you got to give bitcoin some time to kind of find its legs but if you understand why it was created and what its use case is which is pretty simply to take back the control and put it in the hands of the people because there's nobody that has control of it over it we all we already know there's only going to be ever 21 million the the government or the federal reserve they can print as much money as they want which decreases our dollar which causes all these issues that we're seeing now and it's just not good to to basically be at the mercy of somebody else and bitcoin basically gives us our power back as far as you know financially and there could be probably way down the line but there will most likely be in my observation and kind of like my theory that we just use bitcoin as money we probably won't even cash it out as cash i don't see that happen because besides the supply aspect what other value does bitcoin even offer versus ethereum ethereum is has contracts in it ethereum has proof of uh, proof of stake, proof of work. It has tangible contracts where uh, you can, I can give Jarvis some Ethereum for some work he did, or he can vice versa give me some Ethereum for for mower's lawn. You can't do that with Bitcoin. So what value does Bitcoin really have? So you haven't been able to send nobody any Bitcoin. I can send them Bitcoin, but I'm talking about you know you know how we pay folks like for Uber, right? I can yeah. Ethereum makes you able to do that. You can make an encrypted code that person has to complete the work first and then they get paid that's 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 a contract bitcoin doesn't have all that sophisticated avenues bitcoin is going off of supply and demand okay there's 21 million it has every four years that's all great and dandy but what type of inherent value does it actually bring to the economy i mean that that's pretty much it like i mean there's of course there's more and i'm saying that's not enough why not what else does it do for me besides supply and demand I mean that's what you need that's what we need we okay so let's let's go back so the reason why our money is so worthless because fiat is what we use now fiat currency yeah this it means that it. it's not backed by anything yeah right so you know the gold standard they wiped that out so now we can print as much money as we want now because we do that it devalues our dollar that we've seen that with venezuela that's why their economy is is horrible in the, it's horrible because they overinflated the dollar and we're headed that way right now it's just not time yet because we've just been kicking that can down the road borrowing money because we're not making anything so so like we're borrowing money to buy goods from other people or fund wars or whatever the case is and then in order for us to pay that off because they they bound it up in like bonds and stuff like that sell it off to other countries and investors and things like that and they can't pay them so they print more money to pay them which puts us in a bigger deficit. I think there's only like 120 trillion actual dollars that we have, and we owe like twice that, and it just keeps growing. Don't forget, China also owns like half her half her debt, so they can call they can call right they can call the check in anytime they want. Right, but you can't do that with Bitcoin just because for one, there's nobody that controls it. We all control it. It's verified by thousands of computers. So when it's bought up, what's so you just everybody else just. Screw? screw yeah no 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 there's i think that there's so there's some type of a mathematic equation that the original guy did that says that if everybody there's enough to have because you can break it down into pieces it's not about having a whole bitcoin like it can be broken down in such very small pieces which the normal person is buying it anyway right that's what i'm saying so everybody will be able to have access to it like it 
the math it's it's way more sophisticated than i can even get into because i'm not a coder or anything like that right. but the way it was done was that it accounted for every or the guy who created it accounted for everybody to be able to have some of it regardless of whatever that amount is so why does why does so many people put emphasis on oh well you know it's only x amount everybody uses that but everything you just told me you know wipes out everything that joe blow is over here telling me about oh well you know it's only 21 million or trillion of bitcoin whatever. because they're thinking about it from a standpoint of i gotta have a whole one like there's only gonna be 21 million whole ones but you can cut that thing down different so pieces minute that everybody can get some of it that's what i did i never had a whole one right. but even with 21 million there's never gonna be a case where everyone has a piece of it there's only gonna be a finite amount where let's say a quarter of the population controls Bitcoin. See, I see where we're get, where we're going with this, and this is like a very dark rabbit hole that it's not something that I can really answer. Sure, but I know based off of the math that everybody should be able to obtain it, or at least the majority, like a very very high majority, should be able to obtain some of it. Because what you got to realize is that the more you buy it or the less there is the higher the price goes so i can't see anybody paying 20 million dollars for just one i mean of course somebody definitely could sure but if they do that then who are they gonna sell it to because when you're trading and things like that you're selling it to a buyer yeah if you control yeah. most of it I got you, I see what you see doing. what i'm saying yeah, yeah. you're gonna be insolvent you're just gonna be stuck with all this bitcoin until you find a way to get it off you so, all right. Well, you know, to head to the finish line here, um, tell the audience what type of uh, news are you really paying attention to as far as crypto? Uh, you know, this is not financial advice per, per se, but if you're a new investor, what cryptos would you be investing in right now? I am only thinking about Bitcoin right now. I'm not even going front okay because and the only news that i'm looking at right now is things that are concerning with the economy because i'm waiting for bitcoin to bottom out so i can scoop it back up for virtually the same price that i had but i got way more money now and i'm gonna go hard on it again so i am waiting for all these assets to just go to nothing or as low as i feel like they can be i'm gonna study the chart i'm gonna wait for it to consolidate I'm going to listen for the sweet sirens of the Federal Reserve that they're going to pump this money back into this economy and I'm going to go crazy. Gotcha. Now, unfortunately, I really want to get into the metaverse as well. So I kind of look at some stuff there. But just in a nutshell, I'm only looking at like Bloomberg studying what the Federal Reserve is doing kind of paying attention to what's going on in our economy because i'm trying to figure out a bottom for bitcoin gotcha so i can get back that's the in. big i think that's the biggest thing like you find a bottom of bitcoin yes you will be up forever because like it's not like this is a recession like another thing that people need to realize is that bitcoin has never been existence when we are going through what they call quantitative tightening like we've only seen bitcoin in a bull market this is the first time that we've seen bitcoin in a bear market yeah. where they're not pumping money into the economy so we're really gonna see this thing drop. test out yeah. you feel me and if you call this bottom right you are gonna bro you're gonna sleep like a baby because it's gonna go nuts again and there's another having coming in 2024 it's gonna have again that's that was my rocket ship the first time right so that's that's that free alpha that we talking about right now you know and and of course you know i'm speculating a little bit but i'm just based off of my past experience what i know about the economy and investing and, and studying technical analysis I'm just literally going to do the same exact thing, except for I understand what's going on with our money now and the monetary policy and things like that and how it works. You know, it's crazy you say it because if you think about, you know, the life of a recession and when the half is coming for Bitcoin, 
the end of the recession and the half of Bitcoin is going to happen at the same time, essentially. Right. Well, in theory, the recession should be wrapping up. But right. we, that's what I'm saying. Wrapping right. up, and then it's the beginning. It's the half right. coming. Yeah, that's yeah like the perfect storm would be the halving, and then Fed's like, all right, ready to ready to put this yeah, money back in. For sure. You know? So. We'll see. But, you know, and and this is the time to let, let's even put Bitcoin aside. Like, this is the time to be getting into whatever you can. Because this is where wealth is built in these recessions. Like, there's nothing to be scared of. I mean, it sucks that people lose their jobs and, you know, things are expensive and things like that. But I encourage everybody to find something that they're interested in, whether it be real estate, stocks, gold, paint, paintings, whatever it is. Find something and invest in it. Because this is where generational wealth is created. With whatever amount of money that you have, you can flip it. This is the time. That's awesome, brother. Well, shoot, let's close it out here. Um, we got a couple questions from the audience. The first one is, how much money, what's the most money you've lost in a, in a trade? One trade or? Or just like overall? Because it's kind of hard because like sure, I've sure. had certain accounts. Okay, so, man, in Forex... Three grand. Three grand. Yeah. Okay. Um, as far as like the common risk in the crypto market, what would those be? What you mean? Just risk. What what if I'm a new investor going into crypto, what risk should I be should I be looking out for? I mean, regardless of what you're investing in, you should never invest anything that you can't lose. Like don't put your rent money in crypto or anything. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Why Especially not? not crypto. Why not? Man, look. Yeah. That's how you gonna get it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like big, big <laughs> risk, big reward. But I highly don't recommend you putting doing what I did. Don't do what I did. You know what I'm saying? Well, well, look at you now. Did. You yeah, 40, I, 50 grand. Out I feel cash. you. I feel you. But like, man, I did a lot of research and I was pretty lucky, bro. Honestly, I was, I was pretty lucky. Don't do that. I was pretty lucky. I caught it at the right time, and I and I actually did the research. A lot of most people, nine times out of ten, people are not gonna read. All right. With that being said, um, for a lot of people who might not have the capital um, or maybe just starting out, how much capital do you need to get started in crypto or just investing? Um, I mean, it depends on the type of returns that you want to see, just because like you could do things like invest in micro cap coins, which I believe I mean, I've heard different definitions, but it's typically anything that's as 10 million dollars or less as far as the money invested in it. And you could see like. 5, 10, 15, 20x returns in that, but that's super dangerous. And there's a lot of lot of research to be doing in that because there's a lot of scams involved, right? So I mean, I would highly, I mean, honestly, anything. Like if you stick with like Bitcoin or something like that, you could flip pretty much anything. I only had 2500 bucks at one point gotcha. and flipped it all the way to 30 or 38 grand. So bro, let me hold something. It bro. really just depends on how volatile the market is at that time like i invested during the bull market like right when they did the 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 the, the trillion dollar a couple trillion dollar stimulus so it was just the timing was just right you know because that's how the crypto market works and if you got an nfts bro i know some people up stupid money i know like if anybody follows nfts there's a, a blue chip project called board ape yeah i think they came out for like a couple hundred maybe even less than a hundred bucks bro each one of them things was worth like 300 grand bro yeah but it also Quick. came down it yeah, came no, down it came quick it, it came down but it's still it's still you can they still like a minimum probably like 50k i haven't looked at the market in a minute no 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 those board apes someone bought it <laughs> what's the lowest you done seen one? someone bought it for like fifty thousand. it came all the way down to like maybe a couple hundred dollars no cap when recently stop bro i'm about to NF <laughs> nft i'm about to get one oh but, get, get one now because you can get a, a bargain for it but as far as like when it was at its highest its peak oh yeah a couple yeah, months yeah. back nah, it was trading for multiple thousands of dollars those jokers are trading for nah bro at their height bro they were like bro yes three hundred thousand. if you had like a crypto punk at one time things was like a couple million or something yeah. like that it was crazy it was like a like a whole mania because like it was pretty much like the hype of the of the industry at that point so and and people got them things for like less than a hundred bucks or something when they first came out a year later bro you a couple hundred thousand up listen 
this was a great episode. But before I close out, I want to make sure folks take everything with a grain of salt. We're not responsible for you taking your Absolutely rent money. Absolutely not. I want to make that clear. We're not man. responsible for you taking <laughs> your, your, your car payment money. We're not responsible for you taking your tuition and, and doing this stuff. No. Uh, invest at your own risk. And quite frankly, everything is hearsay. Quite scare frankly. money don't make no money. Scare, scare money don't make no do money. Do your research. But do your research. Do not invest in nothing unless you spend about to at say. least eight hours reading about it or watching something on it. Like, don't do it. And if you uh, don't have anything better to do with your money, just give it to me. I'll flip it for you. Yeah. For real, got you. For a fee. For <laughs> the fees, you ain't gonna get your money back. I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking. And with that being said, like we always tell everybody, stay, stay in your lane. Stay in your lane.